Welcome to Leading with Curiosity. Command and control leadership is dead. We interview leaders, entrepreneurs, and executive coaches challenging old paradigms and fostering cutting-edge leadership. Here's your host, certified executive coach, Nate Leslie. Hey, listeners. My episode today was a lot of fun, just like all the others. But my guest, Donna Peters, an ICF certified coach, who I tracked down uh, when I was checking out her post on speaking at the International Coach Federation Converge Conference, a global conference for executive coaches. Uh, She spent 20 years as a management consultant. She's from Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, We explore the difference between consulting and coaching, between therapy and coaching, the big moments in people's lives where coaching can and has played a role, what it is, what it isn't, Uh, more about her own podcast. She's an award-winning podcast host, and it was just a lot of fun. Uh, She's from the Me Suite, uh, a play on words, approaching life like a C-suite. A C-level executive runs an organization. We need to manage our lives and care about ourselves in the same kind of way. It was a ton of fun. At one point, it even flips where suddenly I realized I'm being interviewed, which was just awesome. We explored a whole bunch here, and I hope you enjoy it as I did recording it, as always. Thanks for listening. Donna Peters, welcome to Leading with Curiosity. Thank you so much for having me, Nate. You know, I was just reminding you before we hit record here that I found you as I'm preparing my daily schedule for the International Coach Federation annual conference, which is virtual this year. It'll be my first one. Uh, Why don't you just tell the listeners a little bit about what that conference means to you and and your role in it this year? Yeah. So if you're cool, you call it ICF. So three-letter acronyms, knowing them doesn't make you smart, but not knowing what it is can make you feel a little silly. But we call it ICF, International Coaching Federation. And as you know, it is a global, it's the largest global conference of certified executive coaches across the globe. And it is a chance for thought leaders to come together and share and learn. Leading with curiosity couldn't be better for the coaching community because that's really what we are at our core, our curious people. We are question askers. And so the the fact that this global community can come together to grow and learn from each other, uh, we, we share stories, we share experiences. Some people are there to absorb, some are there to share, some are doing a combination of both. And for you and me, I I think what is so critical about being a part of that community is they force, I'll I'll use that word, it sounds so strong, Mm -hmm. we are forced to stay relevant. We are forced to recertify. We are forced to stay grounded in the principles and the fiduciary responsibility of what it means to be a professional certified executive coach. Mm -hmm. So for me, it is critical to be a part of such a credential community because it can be quite a a polluted market. Anybody Mm -hmm. can say I'm a coach. Mm -hmm. So it was very important for me to go through the process to do the certification and then ongoing be part of this community where you're constantly growing and building skills. I'm going to have an opportunity to be a featured speaker for one of the events, 
which is a segment on how to use podcasting to grow your coaching business. And it's not about go sell your episodes. Uh, As you know, podcasts are free. They're, They're a free resource for people. It's not about selling episodes. But what a podcast does for a coach is such a beautiful medium because it allows the listener and the person exploring coaching to get a sense of who you are. So when I go and I listen to Nate's episodes, I start to feel I know you. I start to understand what you're about, your approach, the way you ask questions, the way you are learning in the moment from your uh, guests on your show. And so podcasting for coaches is such a powerful medium because it allows our potential clients to get a peek into who we are. So by the time they call me and say, hey, Donna, I think I would like your coaching services, they feel like we've already met in a little way. Mm -hmm. And they've assessed fit because fit is so critical in coaching, as you know, Mm -hmm. that that personal connection and fit is so important. So to to me, uh, podcasting has just been an incredible gift of a medium for the coaching world. And I'm going to have a chance to share some of my uh, learnings uh, from podcasting the last several years. Um, I've had a chance for my podcast to to, uh, be a finalist in a, in a podcast award the last two years in a row for best business podcast. And I want to be sharing that with others. Uh, So thank you for asking. Yeah, it's really exciting. And there's a whole bunch I could ask about just from that intro by you. And the first Mm -hmm. thing that caught my attention is here we are talking about this ICF, you know what it, what the acronym is or you don't just like people might know what a certified, what the value mm. a certified coach can provide yeah. or not. Many yeah. think I'm just going to get a bunch of advice from someone who's, you know, come before me, which we know is not the case. And yeah. so just that idea of uh, your podcast, uh, your presentation, helping people explore that in a conference that is helping promote what is coaching around the world. I'm just uh I'm just kind of thinking out loud as I as I heard your heard your explanation. What what do you want people to know that are listening to this mm-hmm. about what certified an ICF accredited coach is at its core at, at its foundation? Yeah. I think that an ICF International Coaching Federation certified coach at their core is someone who has dedicated themselves to the profession Mm -hmm. and all the responsibility that comes with that, you know, just as a physician or any medical professional is out in the world, having to gain what we call CE continuing education credits, Mm -hmm. someone who has gone down the path to be a certified executive coach is making that type of professional commitment to the career path. The other thing I think that is so important for anyone assessing a coach and why I'm so championing of really, really go see and and really go see and study the certifications that the coaches that you may be uh, investigating have is a certified coach is also extremely knowledgeable and practiced. So not just study, they've studied and they've practiced Mm -hmm. because we, we have to have a certain number of hours of coaching experience to be certified, as you know. They aren't just studied and practiced in the field. They have made a commitment to what it means to be a coach. It's not a mentor who tells you what they think you should be doing. A coach is somebody who 
surfaces in you through their very uh, finessed, trained way of inquiry to help you surface self-limiting beliefs, to help you surface the answer in yourself. And we know from neuroscience that when we do that and help someone find that answer in themselves, the implementation, the execution, the outcome has a greater likelihood of being successful in sticking and not being something that just lasts for three to five weeks. So I, uh, it was extremely important to me when I, I retired from a, an executive career. I was a partner at one of the pre- most premier global consulting firms in the world, and it was a fabulous career. I could have started being a coach the very next day by telling people that I was one, mm-hmm. but it was extremely important to me to be able to be proud and stand up and say, no, 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 I really am a coach. Mm-hmm. I got the certification. I know the difference between being a coach and a mentor. They're not the same. I also fully appreciate the difference between a therapist and a coach. They're not the same. And, and I, 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 I took it very seriously, had a, a really, really deep fiduciary responsibility uh, to, to embody what it really meant to be a coach. And I think that's true of all of us, Nate, all of us that have embraced ICF and are part of that community. Uh, that is the future that we want to be a part of. We just take it extremely seriously. Yes. Well said. I, I, I need to listen back to this episode uh, after we're done and, and yeah. borrow some of your crystallized messaging about what mm-hmm. it is and what it isn't. That was so well said. Mm-hmm. Sometimes when clients have a new experience, when mm-hmm. I've had the chance to coach them, yeah, you know, they'll say something like, oh, that felt kind of like therapy. And I didn't know I'd be, you know, I wasn't sure about talking about myself. And to to that, we Uh often say the chance to take dedicated time to explore things that are really important to you, or that Mm. you might not have even realized are important to you, Mm -hmm. is what the space is for. And you just articulated that it's not therapy. And Mm -hmm. maybe here's for our listeners is a good opportunity to say something Mm -hmm. may surface in a coaching conversation that is beyond our depth, some sort of trauma from the past. And maybe inviting our coachee to explore that and realize that maybe a certain other type of intervention like Mm. therapy might be the greatest gift that we ever give them and knowing Mm. when to draw the line and knowing and them knowing that we are not there to fix that thing that Mm. and and give that advice in that moment that, that, you know, we're not trained for. Um, yeah. Yeah. What, what would you add? I'm sure you've had those conversations with people. What would you like to add to that? Yeah. I love the way that you said it can almost be a gift sometimes when we help someone realize that they're at a point of needing to take a next step and consult with a, a therapist. This could be a psychologist, a psychiatrist, but somebody in the mental health profession. Mm-hmm. I would say about 25% of my clients also have a therapist. Mm-hmm. They work with a therapist and they work with an executive coach, me. On the executive coaching side, I'm working through things that are career oriented, like pursuing the next big promotion, deciding if I want to change companies or not, working through difficult politics, how to give and receive difficult feedback, things that are more on the career side. But I have had clients, I'll give one example of how, how I keep my ears and eyes and heart open 
mm-hmm. when I think somebody needs a medical professional. Mm-hmm. I had a client one time describing to me how when things are very, very busy at work and she's in a new area where she hasn't worked before, which is all very exciting, but it's also what I call Terra fun. It can be terrifying and fun at the same time mm-hmm. because everything is new, but it's the new promotion and I'm so excited about it. She was using the word anxiety with me. And she's, she made a couple of comments about, wow, that meeting was really stressful. And afterwards, I I really think I was having a panic attack. And she said it kind of fun and kind of giggled. And then we moved on a couple of minutes into the conversation. And then she used the word anxious. And so I just started to pick up on her vocabulary. And I said, can we stop just for a moment? I really want to understand these words that you're using. Were you just being flippant? when you said that you thought you were having a panic attack or were you seriously having a physical response where your heart was racing, your breath was shallow, you felt the walls were closing in? What did you mean Mm. when you said panic attack? Because when she said it, she kind of giggled, but no, I, she was having a physical body response to something, which I suspected was probably a, medical definition of a panic attack. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So she did take a next step to uh, consult with a medical professional and she did decide to launch into, I don't know how many sessions she will have that will be between her and her medical uh, professional, but she did go investigate. Maybe this is something that I need to continue to think about. And, and that's the same way I feel about coaching. I often say to somebody, if you're thinking about it, why don't you step into it for three or four rounds mm-hmm. just to see if it's what you need? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and it may be that she now has started, you know, a longer term relationship with a medical professional, mm-hmm. a mental health mm-hmm. professional, mm-hmm. Uh, but we'll continue to work together. So just one example yeah. uh, of how coaches like you and me are very tuned into what is said and what isn't said. Yeah. Yeah. Trying to identify those moments. I'd love to hear another example and different mm-hmm. from that one. You are uh, mm-hmm. self-professed, retired. I, I uh-huh. sounded like you, you had a hard time <laughs> using that word and it's made you laugh again. That uh, is funny. Because here, here we are on this, on this yes. call. Yeah. Uh, but you mentioned some of your clients also in that career transition. Share mm-hmm. with us an example, if I can put you on the spot. Yeah. Of a time when a, a senior executive, someone that had had a significant career in Mm -hmm. a certain area and coaching helped them shift, find those values, launch into, realize they needed to course correct or, or start that new chapter. Can you think of it, uh, of an example of that? Yeah. I I use the word retire with a lot of my clients. I call it retiring as in get new tires. So, (laughs) so while I did technically I technically did retire uh, from a firm where I had been for about 20 years. So I am technically a retiree, but I'm working full time. Retiree. <laughs> I've never heard that. I love that. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, I, I do work full time now as an executive coach. Uh, so most people in my practice are seeking executive coaching because they are at a, what I call a moment that matters. Mm. And that moment that matters is sometimes proactive. It's sometimes reactive. During the pandemic, the, re- the reactive is people being laid off, for example. 
proactive might be that somebody is deciding to maybe go back to school or completely change careers, or maybe they've met the highest they can meet in their particular area and they want to jump and go do something with a higher sense of purpose, like uh, be on a not-for-profit board or be on a corporate board, a paid board position, and but, but for a cause that they're really mm-hmm. passionate about. Mm-hmm. So usually I'm working with, they're not always the most senior executives in the world. I call them leaders, but I believe leadership is a mindset. It's not an yes. org chart. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what unifies my clients is they're all career driven, mm-hmm. regardless mm-hmm. of their level. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but, but career plays an extremely important role in their life. So if somebody comes to me, most of the crossroads are like that. They're either, I don't know if I should step out into a completely different company. Uh, maybe I have to, because I've been fired, laid off. Uh, maybe they're having a significant uh, family change in their life. And they're trying to decide, do I follow my partner's job? Does my partner follow my job? Uh, maybe the partners are splitting. It could be any moment that matters that has a significant impact on career and the role that you want work to play in your life. And so I'm usually coaching around the concept of what are your options? Because if we have options, we feel that we're in control. And again, we know from neuroscience that the sense of feeling in control is extremely important. When we're not in control, the the brain fires in very negative ways. And so I like to help people identify their options. Mm -hmm. Only they can make the final decision of which they choose. Mm -hmm. But I like to help people identify options. What are my options for the the next best step for me? Because options give you the right, but not the obligation to make a change. Mm -hmm. And and that's what I have built. Uh, I guess I don't have any tattoos yet, Nate, but if I get a tattoo, it is going to say options are power. I, Mm. I just, I so fundamentally believe if, if we could be doing that alone, uh, that that maybe that'll be, may, maybe that'll be my my uh, my legacy is for somebody to to say to me that that Donna helped illuminate my options. That yeah. that to me would be the greatest compliment. Well, I'm always looking for the title of the podcast episode in the oh. conversation, and if it's not going to be a tattoo, we could maybe start with it as at least the the title. <laughs> Uh, that moment that matters is the other one, but yeah, mm. I love I love when they start to emerge from these conversations. As yeah. uh, when talking to coaches, you never know when where these conversations are going to go, and it's That's so true. every time it's been to a great place. Management consultant, you were in par- a partner mm-hmm. in a consulting firm for a long time. Yeah, I get asked that often. What's the <laughs> difference between consultant and coach? And I'm curious. Oh, interesting. And I'm can I'm I'm mm-hmm. curious what. What role coaches, certified coaches, maybe could mm. play in consulting firms that maybe they currently don't, or mm. or or maybe they do, I'm not aware of it. But yeah. yeah, let's just explore your experience as a consultant. Yeah. Giving answers, providing solutions potentially to yeah. to letting go of that and, and taking that weight off our shoulders to have the answers yeah. for people. And if what I've said isn't landing right on consulting, yeah, no, I'd makes- love to hear. It makes perfect sense. So the way I would describe consultant to my grandmother when she was always wondering, what the heck does Donna do? I just know she's on an airplane all the time. Mm -hmm. Uh, I would tell my my grandmother that I was a business doctor. So we we go in and we help companies figure out how to 
grow into new things and how to fix broken things. Mm-hmm. So at, at, okay. at its core, I, I think that's mm-hmm. what a consultant is. Coaches are really, really valuable in consulting in two ways. And they kind of serve as consultants in two ways. One of them is coaches work directly with the leaders in a firm. And that's more of like a private one-on-one confidential coaching relationship as we would have with any client who is working with us Mm one-on-one. But also coaches often work with a collective group of leadership team members and they're coaching on things like team dynamics or dysfunctional decision-making and uh, coaching on things like how do we as a leadership team uh, set the behaviors and the culture. Uh, I I define leadership in two ways. I believe leaders only do two things. Leaders sense and signal. They sense what is needed in the market with the customers and their own employees and people. And they signal the core values and what the company is about. And that's really all leaders do. They're sensing and signaling. They're sensing and signaling and making tough decisions. And so often coaches are brought in to be Uh, coaches to a a group of leaders rather than one-on-one if the team dynamic uh, would benefit from healthier decision-making, more clarity on uh, on the direction you're headed. In that scenario, what really differentiates a coach from a consultant is a consultant tends to go away into a cave and do research and come out and say, I recommend you consider A, B, and C, and oh, by the way, B is my my recommendation. And then the clients take B or not B. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But a a coach will only give the options of, I think it's A, B, and C with the client's permission. Because a coach is not a consultant and the coach is not a mentor unless they have asked your permission to be so. Yeah. Does this make sense? Absolutely. And what I'm burning to ask is okay. how, how you've seen the consulting world uh-huh. change in the last 20 years then as it pertains to how much coaching has evolved in the last yeah. 20 years. Okay. My favorite question. I have, All right. chi- I have a, a chicken skin on my arm. That's okay. goosebumps here. Okay. Anybody can see it. Uh, here's why I love this question. There was a time when you would whisper if you had a coach because mm-hmm. you only got coaches when you were a performance problem. Yeah. And you would only get a coach. A coach would be assigned to you if you were on some kind of a performance improvement plan. And it often meant that the organization you were in didn't fully have the guts to say to your face what you needed to hear to improve. And they were hiring a third-party coach to go give you the Mm. tough feedback and play the heavy. Mm. This has changed significantly in about the last eight or 10 years that I have seen, where now coaching is more considered an employee benefit and an outward show and evidence that I'm investing in you, Nate. I'm investing in you, Donna, by giving you a coach because I see you have such future potential. And that is such a fundamental mindset shift. It, it, it's just so magical and so wonderful because in every other field on the planet, the higher you are performing and the more elite you are at your field, the more coaches you have. Yeah. 
you know, professional musicians, professional athletes, the better they are at their craft, the more coaches they have. And for the longest time, business was the opposite. Yeah. You only had a coach if you were a problem. Yeah. This has changed so much, and I am so thrilled about it. It's now a badge of honor to say that I'm working with a coach. And, and that is the biggest shift that I've seen in, in coaching in, in what I would call a traditional executive business environment, corporate environment in the last probably eight or 10 years. Oh, that is, you said the words to come in and play the heavy. Imagine yeah. in our ICF coach <laughs> training, if someone told us you're going to have to go in and play the heavy, you know, <laughs> we need backbone. We need to coach with backbone and heart, right. of course, but to right. come in and where now we hold people capable of, of achieving yeah. things beyond wow. what they even currently comprehend it. it right. That is a complete paradigm shift. Yeah. I spoke with a, uh, an old friend this morning who has been a client and just said the words, I would love to offer this opportunity to a woman on our team who's coming back yes. off of mat leave and is so important to this organization. <clears throat> and she's excited about the opportunity. That's if right. I, if I heard you right, those words. Yes, Opportunity opportunity and excited and uh -huh, support. Uh -huh. Right. And, um, yeah, yeah. That's uh, it's an gosh. outward show that I'm valued. Yeah. Well, if I'm the employee being offered coaching, it's an outward show that I'm being valued. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I, I had an opportunity in my, in my work when I was not yet a partner, I hadn't made partner yet. And I was given the opportunity to either go to this one week course at a very premier uh, university in the United States that I'll leave anonymous. I could go to this one week class or I could get one whole year of coaching, which was basically 12 sessions, mm. like one a month, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Or I could have this one a month executive coach. All of my peers took the one week at the premier institution mm. so that mm. they could put it on their resume. Mm -hmm. that I went to the one week certification, blah, 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 at such and such a school. And it was a very premier institution. I took the coaching. I was the only one mm. who took the coaching. Uh, and I, I, I don't know why. I, I don't know if I was just having a premonition about the value it would bring, or if I was just trying to be different to be different. Yeah. I'm not sure, but I, it, it, it changed everything for me. I tell you, it sounds like it was a moment that has mattered. <gasps> it was a moment that matters. Look at you. There you go. Perfect. Yeah. That was a moment that mattered for me. That's exactly yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. To have, to have a coach mm -hmm. along the journey to help create behavioral shifts, uh, mindset changes, mm -hmm. all the things that coaching can do that do not happen overnight as yeah. I'm a big believer in all sorts of education. I'm a lifelong learner, but, but yeah. to compare those two side by side, is a worthy process, yeah. right? And, yeah. and for you, like the week-long program might've been great for someone and it's not a but. And That's right. And for you, how meaningful yeah. was that? Was that yeah. annual access to, to someone that could be there for you? You just made me think of something I hadn't thought of until now. Uh, well, I think one of the reasons I took the coaching was everything at work was so team-based and collaborative, which is fabulous. Mm -hmm. But in my mind, I was thinking that that one week uh, course would it be yet more teamwork yet with the same people that I've always been working with. And, and that could have been a really nice little, you know, offsite with some fun dinners and things. But I really, I really thought that a private 
moment, some sort of private focus would be really valuable to ask questions that I, you don't want to ask in front of other people to show vulnerabilities that you don't want to show anybody else you have. Uh, I get women in my, I, I coach both men and women. Mm-hmm. I get, I get women in my practice several times who will say to me, I know I'm up for the next big promotion. I'm just not sure I even want it. <laughs> and it's not something they would ever say in the workplace itself. Yeah. but they can explore with an executive coach. Why, why are you thinking you may not want the promotion? Is it more that you think you can't do it? Or is it more that you think it, you, you will have a uh, worse impact on your, your work-life integration? Mm-hmm. What, what, what is behind this? I don't think I want it comment. Mm-hmm. What if you just got it and then turned it down later? <laughs> you know, those are the types of things that we yeah. We explore that if had I gone off to one week at that institution, I would never have had an opportunity to roll around in things like that, that you really only feel comfortable exploring in a, in a private, confidential, uh, supportive relationship. With I was helping facilitate a leadership development yeah. program, which I just absolutely love. And mm-hmm. in the coaching, as we're teaching, just dipping their feet in what it means to lead like <clears throat> a coach, you mm-hmm. know, rather than an army sergeant. Uh, Mm -hmm. a woman said, I get it that I need to show up for my team. I get it that I need to be there. I get it that I need to Mm -hmm. coach them. Mm -hmm. Who's going to be there for me? She said, okay. And, uh, yeah. And to that, I responded, what would ongoing coaching look like to you? (laughs) if You could have that person in your corner, like, right. Which was my polite way of saying that's what a coach can do right you know that's exactly um, right coaches need coaches yeah coaches have coaches and I, actually your listeners might be interested to know this that as, as part of our certification with the international coaching federation we have to ourselves not just have hours as a coach we have to continue to practice with coaches more experienced even than ourselves yes so it's that co- you're constantly working on your craft constantly working on your, on your craft and staying relevant. Uh, and, uh, and again, that's just a, another, another endorsement for why I think it's so critical yeah. to find a certified coach. In my coach training, someone suggested don't trust a coach who doesn't have a coach. <laughs> oh yeah. Love that. Yes. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. You're like don't, don't trust an Olympian who doesn't have a coach. Yes. <laughs> you, yeah. you, you, if you're, if you want to perform at the elite level of anything, yeah. you'd have a coach. You may or may not know this. My first career was as a professional athlete, as a, as a professional hockey player for many years. And then in the sport development and sport coaching world for almost 20. And now in leadership and executive coaching and the shift that I've seen in my own paradigm of what it uh-huh. truly means to coach children too, or coach oh. high performance athletes at, at, at any age of mm-hmm. what if we mind what they already know and and invited them to explore what might be next in their own journey of 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 improvement and and like yeah. performance and enhance, enhancement whereas as a young sports coach i spent well over a decade thinking well i played pro i'm the one that has the answers for all oh. of these kids and these volunteer coaches so it's been a complete shift for me and uh-huh. every time i say it i notice how much weight's on my shoulders, a heck of a lot less than there was before. When yeah. as a leader, we can 
can give up needing to have the answers. Yeah. So it's, uh, that's, that's how coaching shows up now in my own life, as well as those that I get to serve. I would love to see, well, I'll just ask you directly. Do you find that, have you always in your life had this very positive image of coaching, you know, whether it's with sports or with executive coaching because of the way you grew up and performing at such a high level where coaches are surrounding you all the time? We were, um, we need an entire episode for that. The short (laughs) version is I have a small handful of coaches who inspired me and teachers. I I put Mm -hmm. them in the same category. I did grow up in a house of Mm -hmm. teachers and Mm. professional coaches. So um, my own mom and dad are inspirations there and their Mm -hmm. network of like-minded people. I also catch myself all the time in my sport development company, having this, uh, this adverse relationship with sport coaching Mm. and at the professional ranks or the high performance ranks, or even at the youth sport ranks where coaches are going to win at all cost and the body, you know, the bodies they've left in the road along the way. So, so I have, uh, and, and through this process of executive coaching, I've been able to delineate those two, but like many pro athletes, my career didn't end when I thought it would or how Mm. I thought it would. Mm -hmm. And so you're left with all these like, real moments of this isn't all sunshine and roses and it looks glamorous on TV. And a lot of it is Mm. not. And I would, I would go as far as to say there were times that I hated hockey because of those relationships. I bet. And um, so it just reminds me of the influence that we have Mm -hmm. in this seat that we're in, whether Mm -hmm. it's with an organizational leader uh, or a team we lead in a company or as a coach in the sporting world. So the mm. answer is I have all sorts of memories and relationships, none all mm-hmm. sunshine and roses. Yeah. Yeah. But an interesting, you have an insight that the role you're in, uh, you have a tremendous amount of responsibility. It's an mm. awesome responsibility to be coaching someone about their future. Yes. And absolutely. you appreciate that probably better than others. And for even in the sport development world, I've always considered myself a social entrepreneur, like the Mm -hmm. thing I get to sell, whether it's a camp or a service or a facilitation, I can be, talk about values. You lead Mm -hmm. with your three values all the time. Mm -hmm. I can put my head on the pillow every night and my feet on the floor every morning, Mm. knowing that I'm adding value uh, Mm -hmm. to the world by being in service of others. Mm -hmm. And maybe I could... Uh, have a bigger house if I sold more useless stuff, but I'm just going to keep selling really valuable stuff and um, of value to the, to the receiver of that. Right. 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 uh, And I'll forever be grateful for that uh, opportunity. So that's kind of where I'm at with it. Yeah. 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 It is amazing when you, you have those moments when the coaching clients come back to you and tell you about some success they've had or the big job offer they received or how they're just feeling so much more confident in their skin yeah. I'm sure yeah. you've had many of those moments. And just recently, you know, where it's starting to be like, can I take this to my personal life with my partner? Like, is that okay? Oh. And, you know, to that, we say we bring our whole selves to work and we bring our whole selves home. It's the same brain uh-huh. going to and from and, and uh, re-engaging. Hey, I could yeah. really use, you know, we're not trying to create a dependence where mm-hmm. they rely on their coach, but where 
we come in and out of their life at the right time mm -hmm. uh, to, to, to be of value in a way that can make all the difference. And yeah, another client who was really skeptical, admittedly, mm. and then we got into it. And now it's just, it's just non-negotiable. Like this yeah, makes yeah. a difference, right? Where so, have you been all my life? Yeah. <laughs> kind yeah, of a thing. yeah. Yeah. Those things have been, that's the most rewarding part mm -hmm. of it really. And and uh, I'm data-driven. I work with an organization called Supporting Lines Institute, where we can really measure those elements of high-performance leadership that, and assess, you know, from year one working, or day one working with mm. a group of leaders through the one-on-one -on -one coaching process to how their teams are doing a year later. Um, you know, it's a, it's a human experience, this coaching thing, but to be able to measure that human experience and and not make those recommendations, here's what you need to do, but here's what the data is saying. What story does it tell you? Right. You know, yeah. and, and being able to kind of unpack and, and see the positive shifts, helping people have a better human experience at work, which is really right. what it needs to be about. Right. Yeah. I, I, I thinking about my community of coaches and I would have to say the ones that I learn the most from and have the most respect for just in the way that they approach their, their craft and area of expertise, they have data driven minds. Mm -hmm. they're, they're in the service of outcomes, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. measuring outcomes r rather than what can too often be in coaching is something a little squishy. Yeah. yeah. If that's the technical yeah. term. It's not, uh, but yeah. I get it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So again, why, why I had personally migrated to this um, more ICF side of side of coaching just yeah. to be uh, focused on value. Yeah. Yeah. Donna, I mm -hmm. know that I need to have you on again in my next season of podcasts. I also oh. know that uh, we like to keep things to about half an hour here at <laughs> sure. Leading with Curiosity. And I just love how I'm going to play this back and the conversation <laughs> shifted and the coach started asking the coach or the host questions, which is whoops, exactly. No, it's great. <laughs> we didn't know where it would lead. And I'm it just felt so natural. And I mm -hmm. get why you're crushing it at what you're doing. Um, so congratulations for all your success. And I would love for you to just share with my listeners where they might uh, grab onto the things that you're up to, maybe when you're speaking at ICF and, and where they can find you on whatever channels you feel appropriate. Yeah, wonderful. So my coaching practice is called the Me Suite. It's a play on C-suite. And the whole concept is we need to lead our own personal lives the way C-suites would lead the companies that we most admire. It's mm -hmm. the-me-suite.com. That's also the name of my podcast, uh, where I do uh, interview based uh, with C-suite leaders about how they lead their own lives with a me-suite mindset. Mm -hmm. So would be happy for anybody to go out and listen to that. And uh, I also, in January of 2022, uh, my book launches, and a lot of it is based on research from the podcast, interviewing leaders about core values, interviewing leaders about leading with a me sweet mindset. Uh, so hopefully I'll have some data in there for you. Since yeah. you're data driven, you might appreciate that. Uh, and that'll come out in January and it's called options or power, hence the tattoo. <laughs> right. so, okay. I'm on my okay. way. Yeah. yeah. Hey, this yeah. might come out after you speak at ICF. So why don't you uh, tell people a little bit more about uh, the ICF and if, if that's caught some attention to some of the leaders, um, you know, the converge and, and just, uh, just yes. tie a bow around that side yeah. of the conversation that we have. So the International Coaching Federation Global Conference has a theme. The name of the theme of the global conference is Converge. 
and it's Converge 2021. And it is occurring the last week of October. And there are multiple topics and guests. They're from all over the world on all kinds of things. And I'll be speaking on October the 27th about podcasting for your coaching practice. Uh, but I encourage anybody interested to check out the entire library. There is something there for everybody that's uh, in the coaching field. Donna Peters from the Me Sweet Mindset. Thank you very much for your time. It was a pleasure. And I'll see you again on this channel sometime in the future. A real treat. Thank you, Nate. Thanks for listening to Leading with Curiosity. Please share, follow, and rate the show so that other leaders can make positive change in the world. Connect with Nate at natelesley.ca. And remember, the brain behaves very differently when encouraged to think rather than told to listen.